going to pick it up from Daf Samach Tesla Bays. Uh, three lines on the bottom, Ikeda Amri. So the last thing the Gemara said was the Gemara about then a is between Rab and Shmuel. <coughs> if you have an engaged couple, so they had Kedushin, and then they live together in sin, obviously. So the question is, and they have a baby, um, do you assume the baby is from the, the, the fiance, or, or do you assume that if she's willing to do that, I bet she's willing to live with everyone else? And it was semi related to our Mishnah, because our Mishnah talked about a case of a Kayan living with his girlfriend, and then when she has a baby, the baby can eat truma, and the wife can eat truma, because we assume the baby's from a kayan, so you see that we assume that the children come for the person who they admit to living with, and we don't just assume it's from everyone. Fine. So Ikadamri, some have a different version of the Gemara, and that is, If they admit that they live together, everybody agrees that the baby is from the fiancé. Meaning, if, if they say that they live together, everybody agrees that we don't assume that she just lived there. She lived with her fiancé, not with anybody else. Which I think is, uh, uh, you know, a very svaradik, a very, I think, well, we would, the average person would assume. What's the machloikas? The case is where you have a fiancé who's pregnant. She doesn't admit to living with anybody. Meaning, obviously, she lives with somebody. But she doesn't admit that who it came from. There's no rumors that she came. She just stops. She walks in pregnant. She walks in, she's pregnant. And the, the, the rabbi has to sort of figure it out. And it's not like they came to the rabbi and said, we live together, she's just pregnant. So the question now is, who did the baby come from? We don't have information. Do we just assume that it came from the fiancé, or do we assume it came from anybody? Erisa she'ibra, stama, and Erisa comes up and she's pregnant. Rab amar avlad mamzer, Rab treats the baby as a mamzer, Shmuel avlad shtuki, Shmuel treats it as a suffix mamzer. Amar Rava, and Rava explains, Mistabra milsa de Rav, when did Rav treat it as a mamzer? It's Deloy Daima Mineva Daima Almet's Dafka, where there's no rumors that she lived with the fiance, meaning she's not admitting to it, there's no rumors that she lived with her fiance, but there's rumors she lived with other people. So it's all piled up against her. There's only rumors that she lived with her ex boyfriend or with other people. She's not admitting to living with her with her with her Aris. There's no rumors that she lived with the Aris, there's just rumors that she lived with Alma. That's Dafka when it's a Mamzer. But says the Gemara on the next page. But if she's rumored to live with the Arus, even if she's also rumored to live with anybody else, then it's fine. We are treated as the baby is not a mamzer. Meaning, according to this version, as long as there's rumors that she lived with her Arus, we'll treat the baby as the baby of the Arus. The Gemara says, what's the proof? How do I know this? That as long as there's rumors that it came from the Aris, will treat the baby as the baby of the Aris. From our Mishnah, Diktani, our Mishnah said, Yolda Toichal, the Mishnah says that if the Kayin lives with a woman, then, and then she has a baby, we assume the baby's from the Kayin, what's the case? Hey, Chidami, what's the case? If there's just rumors that she lived with the Kayin, but there's no rumors that she lived with anyone else, so it's just stacked up in her favor, is that a Chiddush? It's posh it. If she comes in and says, I just lived the kind, that's the only person I live with, and they have a baby, of course it's the baby's the kind. You wouldn't need a mission to say this. I Meaning what we thought yesterday was not true, now we're saying it's obvious. Rather, it must be the case of the Mishnah where she lived with the Kayin is that there's rumors that she lived with the Kayin, but she's a rumor she lived with everyone else. And you see that if there's rumors for both, we still treat the baby. If there's rumors for both, we treat the baby as the as the as the as the child of the Arus. Uh, and or the child of the kind in this case the child of the other. So you see from here that as long as there's rumors 
that she lived with her boyfriend or fiance, we treat the baby as the baby, the fiance, the baby, the boyfriend. The only time it's a mamzer is when there's no rumors. For this person, there's only rumors from external people. And the Gemara speaks it out. And if we treat, if we say this by a kayan when they're living in sin mamish, we would say this by an engaged couple. Okay. That's, again, it's just to finish up yesterday's sugya. Amr Abaye he disagrees. He says loyal meimelach kol hecha dedaima mi'al ma'afagav dedaima minei amr Rav of Ladmam. So he disagrees. He says no. If there's rumors that she lived with other people, even if there's rumors she also lived with her boyfriend, but if she lived uh, fiance whatever, but if there's rumors that she lived with other people, the child's a mamzer. What's the only time the child's not a mamzer? If there's exclusive rumors that she just was with the aris. But if there's rumors that she lived with other people, the child's a mamzer. So our Mishnah, which says. That if she comes in and says, I live with the Kayan, and the baby is the baby of a Kayan, it's Dafka where there's no rumors that she lived with other people. If there's rumors she lived with other people, the child's a Mamzer. That's a bias says. Umasisim is the Loitai Maklal, and our Mishnah is talking about a case where there's no rumors at all, but if there's rumors that she lived with other people, that child would be treated as a Mamzer. That's this version of the Gemara. Okay. Just to finish up this parak, the Mishnah said, as I've mentioned many times, if a Bas Yisrael marries a Kayan and then the husband dies, she needs to have a kid with the husband for her to continue eating Truma. And it's the opposite by a Bas Kayan to Yisrael. If a Bas Kayan marries Yisrael and the husband dies and she has a kid, then she can no longer eat Truma because she's bound to the Yisrael. So the Mishnah said that an Evid, a child from an Evid, is not a Jew. So if, let's say, she has a son who lives with a Gaita, lives with a Shifcha, a non-Jewish slave, that child is not Jewish, therefore that grandchild is not counted. It doesn't count to help, it doesn't count to hurt. How do you know this? How do you know, basically, that if a slave woman has a child, the child's a guy? This is the source that when it comes to um, lineage of, of religion, we go by the mother, because it says, the mother and her daughter, which means the daughter of a slave is a slave. Daughter of a Jew is a Jew. Then the Mishnah said, Mamzer poisel umachel. Then the Mishnah said, but if the grandchild is a mamzer, it counts. It counts to help and it counts to hurt because a mamzer is a Jew. Okay, so the Gemara says, which means, by the way, if you have a grandchild from a Kayan who's a mamzer, so you'd say the kid's a mamzer, no, you could still eat Truma because you have a child from this Kayan. How do I know this? How do you know that a grandchild who's a mamzer counts? Again, either way. Tan Rabbonon, the Pasuk says that she, if a Baskayan marries Yisrael and then becomes... Is this because, they, because the sheep that says that a mamzer is not what we call a mamzer? But a mamzer... No, either way. It's, it would be harder to have the case. But no, either way. A mamzer is a mamzer. He's a Jew, he's a Jew. So the Gemara says, What's the source? That a mamzer is a Jew? Meaning, and for this context, considered a child. Because the Pasuk says, Vizera ain la. The Pasuk says that if a Baskayan marries Israel and that her husband dies, she can go back home to eat Shuma as long as Zara ain la, as long as she doesn't have children. So says the Gemara, Ain liel Zara, Zara Zara First of all, how do you know, by the way, this works both ways. How do you know that, let's say, let's go, um, if she has a grandchild from this Israel that she's disqualified, or if she's a grandchild from a Kayan that she could eat Shuma, how do you know the grandchild counts? Because it says, Zera, Ainli, Elazara, I only know that this is true for a child. Zera, Zara, Minayan, how do I know that this is true for a grandchild as well? That a grandchild also counts as lineage. 
Okay, this vizera in law. Vizera means any offspring, even a grandchild. Okay, so we're learning out from the word vizera that even a grandchild counts. Okay, how do I know that it applies even to a mamzer? Meaning maybe it only applies to a kosher grandchild. Ainly ella zera kosher zera posel minai. And how do I know the halacha applies to a posel grandchild as well? Tamalaymer vizera in law. Ayin Allah. Vizera Einla means you have no offspring. Ayin Allah, look into it. Any offspring counts, even a mamzer. So what's interesting is that we learn both drushas from the exact same words. Vizera Einla teaches you that a grandchild counts and it teaches you that a mamzer counts. So obviously the question is how do you learn two things out from one pasuk? Ha piktala zera zara. I thought we already used this drusha for a grandchild. So the Gemara says, no, zera zara leitzukra. You actually don't need a source for a grandchild because b'nei banim are in kibanim. We have a general rule, and it's learned out from other psukim, that grandchildren are like children. So I already know that a grandchild counts. If, if, if the Pasuk says that you can continue eating shuma if you have an offspring, I would know that a grandchild counts. So therefore, the only thing that's used, the only drusha is being used, is to include a mamzer. So the Gemara says like this. Now, in the Mishnah, it said, what's an example of a mamzer? It said, a Jew living with a guy. Yeah? Because again, it was following those tanoim that if you live with a guy, the child's a mamzer. So the Gemara says, who is that tanoim? Who is the author of this? Oh, it must be Rav Akiva, right? Rav Akiva's rule is that a mamzer is from Chayvei Lavin. Yeah? A guy is a Chayvei Lavin. So... The Mishnah who says that a mamzer is from a guy is obviously following Rav Akiva, that a mamzer is created from a relationship that's a chayve lavin, a losase, even though it's not karis. So you have Rav Akiva who says that it's lavin, you have a guy is a lav, so the transitive property tells you that our Mishnah is Rav Akiva. Kiman Rav Akiva, da'amar yesh mamzer lavin. So the Gemara says no. The truth is, there are tanoim that hold that a guy makes a mamzer even if you don't follow Rav Akiva. Meaning, even if you follow the view that normally to make a mamzer you need chavi krisis, there are some tanayim that hold that it's chavi krisis and a guy. Again, we don't pass them this way, but there are tanayim that hold that way. So that our Mishnah could actually follow the viewpoint of tanayim that don't necessarily believe chavi lavin create mamzer, but goyim create mamzer. It's such a possibility. The Gemara says, The Rabbonin are moida that although normally chavi lavin does not create a mamzer, but goyim create a mamzer. We had this uh, earlier in the Masechta. This is Daf Memheis. This is about 25 Daf ago. That if a guy lives with a Jew, the child, the offspring, is a mamzer. Okay. Just to finish up the Perik, the Mishnah said that a grandchild who's a mamzer, right, let's say you live with a Kayan, or Basisol marries a Kayan, has a grandchild. Everyone else is dead, but she has a grandchild who's a mamzer. She can continue eating truma because the mamzer counts. But let's say you have a bas kayin marries a Yisrael, and she has a grandchild who's a kain gadol. She can't eat truma because she has a grandchild from this Yisrael. So, like a mamzer sometimes can allow you to eat truma, but a kain gadol can disqualify you from eating truma. Again, it's it's a it's like a riddle. It makes sense though. The Gemara says Taner Abanan. People used to say Hareni Kaperes Ben Biti Kuza. I should, I should have kapara for my grandchild who's a mamzer, shemachileni b'truma, because he at least allows me to eat truma, ve'eni kapara s'bambiti kada, and I, I don't want atonement for my grandchild who's a kohen gadol, shepulasani men truma. People used to say, like, sometimes, like, it's better to have a mamzer than to have a kohen gadol. Obviously, it doesn't mean that, but it's just, like, a, an interesting scenario that you could have a mamzer that helps when it comes to truma, but you can have a kohen gadol who disqualifies you. Again, obviously, the difference is who's the grandfather. Hadrin Allah almana.
Okay. All right. Moving right along. Good. I, I didn't understand the one thing. Why would a grandmother ever say such a thing? I don't think it actually means it. It's just more like a riddle. It, it, it doesn't mean that she's actually happy to have a, kind of, uh, a mamza. You said it the riddle is that you could have a grandchild who's a mamzer that allows the grandmother to eat truma. You could have a grandchild who's a kohen who disqualifies the mother from eating truma. It just depends on who the grandfather is. And then you prefer the kohen I, I don't prefer. It's just like yeah, it's like cutesy. It's like a, you know, it's like a cutesy. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone would pick the kohen gadol over the mamzer. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, let's hope. Um, okay, now the Mishnah is now going to be continuing. Who could eat truma? The Mishnah says like this: Ha'aral. If a koyin is uncircumcised, now, by the way, this is not necessarily because he's a bad person. It could be medically he can't have a circumcision. There's some people that blood doesn't clot, so they'll, they'll die. So if you have someone who's uncircumcised and he's a koyin, he does not eat truma. Ha'aral, v'chol or any koyin who's tameh, lo yoichel b'chuma, not allowed to eat truma. But, nishehem, their wives, vavdeim, and their servants, yoichel b'chuma. Their non-Jewish servants could eat truma. Meaning, so if you have a koyin who's uncircumcised, so he can't eat truma, but his wife could, his slaves could. They're not like, um, they're not bound to him. So what you're saying is that the halakha of truma really applies to him, except the fact that he is an arrow. Correct. Yeah, the Gemara calls it like a sore throat. Like, he's technically roy, it's just like, he's just not feeling well, but he's, he's, he's in the parsha. Then the Mishnah deals with Pesuadaka. I, I, I'm not going to, I don't know how detailed we're going to get to. It sounds like from the Rashi that we're going to get pretty detailed. But Pesuadaka uh, Khrushchevcha are people that accidents happen that they can no longer have children. Crushed, uh, become sterile, whatever it is, is the halacha is that women are not allowed to marry these men. It's a loisase. So the halacha is like this. Pesuadaka Khrushchevcha they could eat truma because there's nothing wrong with them. They just they just can't marry women, but they could they can they could eat truma if they're a kain. But their wives can eat truma. Why? Because the second they marry their wives, their wives are ever which makes them halalim, which makes them disqualified. Yeah. So he says Now what happens, right? Because because you can't if you marry a kruschufa, that means basically you did a say These are men that you're not allowed to marry. Now there is the following scenario: What if they got married before the accident happened? And they never were together after the accident. They never lived together after the accident. So they did nothing wrong. So they, they never did a losa say. If that's the scenario, then they could eat shuma because they never they never did anything wrong. No, I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, it, not really. They're happy. Oh, meaning you're saying because uh, that's interesting because you're, you're like you're you're doing yichud with a woman you're not allowed to live with. Yeah. That's interesting. I'm gonna have to check that up. And if they didn't live together, then the wives could eat shum because they didn't do anything wrong. What's The testicles are crushed. Even one of them. is if the part of the that part of the body that that. The sperm comes out, it gets cut, so the, the, they can't have children. And if the top of the gid is, is, is intact, even a little bit, it's kosher. Okay. Um, good. All right, so from here, basically, it's going to be a quick drusha gemara from here to the end of the daf. It's not going to take long. How do we know that a kayan who's in oral who's uncircumcised, cannot eat truma. There's no source in the Torah for it. So I'll tell you outside where it's going to be. It's going to be learned out from the carbon Pesach. In oral, cannot eat the carbon Pesach. 
we're going to say, just like an oral can't eat the carbon Pesach, so too someone who's uncircumcised can't eat Truma. Because they're similar words by the carbon Pesach as there are by Truma. Okay? Fine. Tanya, Amar Avalazar, start the Gemara. How do I know that if a Kayan is uncircumcised, he can't eat Truma? What's the source? So it never actually says it regarding Truma, but it says, Nemar Toishiv Visachir Bepesach. It says Toishiv Visachir. Toishiv Visachir are slaves, Jewish slaves. It says Jewish slaves cannot eat the carbon Pesach. Venemar Toishiv Visachir Bechuma. And it says Jewish slaves cannot eat Truma. So it says the same words by Truma, and it says the same words by Pesach. Connecting. Truma to Pesach. It's Xeri Shava. So Matoisha Vesachar Ame Pesach Arul Asarboy. Aptoisha Vesachar Ame Betruma Arul Asarboy. So therefore, just like. So we're connecting the laws of carbon Pesach to the laws of Truma. So just like carbon Pesach, uh, an uncircumcised person cannot eat the carbon Pesach, so to an uncircumcised person cannot eat Truma. Okay. Now, fine. Good. It's learned that from the Taisha Vesachar. It says Taisha Vesachar here, it says Taisha Vesachar there, connecting the halachas. So just like the carbon Pesach, uh, uncircumcised out, so the truma uncircumcised out. Fine. We'll, we'll t- talk about that for the rest of the daf. Amr Rav Akiva, he says, no, in it's Sarach, you actually don't need this. It says, Rav Ish Ish, Lorab is Aro. The Pasuk says, Ish Ish, this is, um, um, this is talking about uh, someone who's Tomei, that Kayan who's Tomei can't eat truma, and the extra Ish Ish is to include that if he's an Aro, he can't eat. He's dashing from the extra word Ish. Okay, fine. Now, Let's go to the next. Let's re. Let's relearn this last bit. Says the Gemara. Amar Mar. Let's analyze this. Rav Lazar Omer. Nemer Toisha v'Sacher b'Pesach. V'Nemer Toisha v'Sacher b'Truma. Ma Toisha v'Sacher Omer b'Pesach Arul Aserboy. Av Toisha v'Sacher Omer b'Truma Arul Aserboy. Again, the Gzeres Shava is that it says the word Toisha v'Sacher b'Pesach. It says the word Toisha v'Sacher b'Truma, connecting the two halachas. So just like Pesach. In oral, someone who's uncircumcised cannot eat. So to truma, an oral cannot eat. Now, he, here's the rule. Agzer Shava connects two concepts. Yeah. Now, a lot of times, you could ask questions on that, because they're not really comparable. The rule is that if the words that are connecting them are extra, you can't ask questions. If the words are not extra, you could ask questions. Okay. So the problem is, we're comparing carbon Pesach to truma. It's not really comparable. A carbon Pesach is a carbon. It has halachas that Truma does not have. Pigel, Neusser, Tame, all these things, which, carb- which Truma does not have. Therefore, the fact that you're comparing the two, one of these sets of words of Toysheh V'sachar has to be extra. Because if they're not extra, it's not going to work. You understand? So the words, t- one of these sets of Toysheh V'sachar has to be extra. So the Gemara says, Mufna. One of these sets is extra. Why? Dilav Mufna, because if they're not extra, you could ask questions. Ikla Mifrach, you could ask, how are you comparing Pesach to Truma? Mala Pesach, Shekin Chayvelam, Mishum Pigel, Noiser, Tomei. The laws of Karm Pesach are diametrically different than the laws of Truma. So the fact that you're comparing the two, it means, Lai Afnuye Mufna. It must be that they're extra. Now, here's the question Which is extra? So let me explain this outside, then we'll see it inside. Toyshev Esachar means a Jewish slave. Okay? The words by truma are not extra. Why? Could a slave eat truma? A slave of a kind? So the Mishnah said yes. Now that's a non-Jewish slave. Because he owns him. A Jewish slave who's just working for a couple of years, he can't eat truma. He's not owned by the kayan. He's just... He's working. He's not actually owned by him. So you need the Pasuk to tell you that a Toysh of a cannot eat truma. That's not extra. The Gemara is going to say what is extra is Toysh of a by Pesach. Why? It's actually interesting. The words Taisha Vesachar by Pesach, actually, it's, it's actually incorrect. 
The Pasuk says that a Toshe Vesachar on Pesach cannot eat the carbon Pesach. Now, Toshe Vesachar means a Jewish slave. Could a Jewish slave eat the carbon Pesach? Yeah, of course he has to. So those words are actually, not only are they extra, Toshe actually asks in the second Toshe of the next Amid, he says, because the Torah wants extra words, Kosav Sheker. It actually is incorrect. So what you have to say is that either the words are not meant to be there at all, or in this context, Toshe Vesachar means non-Jewish slave. But the point is, it's definitely extra. By Pesach, it's extra. Not by Truma, because by Pesach, it doesn't make sense. You see, by Truma, the words, are, the Pesach is telling you that Jewish slaves cannot eat Truma. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Again, by the way, and the difference between Toshe Vesachar, by the way, is this Parsha, is there are slaves that go for six years, and then there are slaves that go to Yoival. That's a Toshe Vesachar, but they're both Jewish slaves. But that makes sense why the Pesach is telling you that they can't eat Truma, because that's a Chiddush. It makes sense, because they're not owned by the person. But by Pesach, it's incorrect. So it's extra for this drasha. Okay, let's see this inside. Hi, um, Mufna. Which words of Toshe Vesachar are extra? So, the Truma, if it's Truma, Mitzvah Srichi, that's not extra at all. I need the Pesach to tell me that a Toshe Vesachar don't eat Truma. And by the way, why do you need both? Toshe is for six years, Sachar is longer. So why do you need both? You could say, if the Pasuk tells me that you can't eat Truma when you're working till Yovo, of course you don't eat Truma when you're just there for a few years. The reason why you need both is because if you only had one, you wouldn't know which one it's referring to. You wouldn't know which type of slave. Again, you got two slaves. You got slave for, for six years, and then he leaves at the end of six years by Shemitah, and then you got the, the slave that leaves by Yovo. So you don't actually need both, because if I tell you that a slave that stays for 49 years doesn't need Shuma, of course a slave that stays for three years doesn't need Shuma, but you need both for Toshe Vesachar, because if you only had one, you wouldn't know which type of slave it's referring to. If you just had one, you'd say, well, that's that type of slave, not the Yovel slave. You need both to tell you, one's Yovel, one's that. Fine, but they're both needed. The Gemara says, Tzrichi, the Tanya, the first widish line, Toshev zekonekin in oilam. Sachir zekonekin in shanim. Toshev is the one who's working till yoival. Sachir is only for uh, for six years. And, and the Chiddush is, they both don't eat Truma, because they're both not owned by the Kayan. See, the Gemara just says, why do you need both? Just say that the one who goes to Yovel doesn't eat Truma, and I'll figure out the one who's not there till Yovel definitely doesn't eat Truma. The answer is, The reason is because if I just had one, I wouldn't know what type of slave it is. You need both to tell you both types of Jewish slaves do not eat Truma. But... So therefore, by Truma, these words are not extra. But you know when they are extra? By Pesach. The Gemara says, Ella de Pesach, Mufne, they're extra by Pesach. Why? Hai Toshe Vesachar de Kasachon Pesach Mainu. Again, what's a Toshe Vesachar? They're Jewish slaves. And the Pesach is telling you by carbon Pesach, they don't eat the carbon Pesach. Is that true? If, if it means literally that the Pesach is meant to be taken literally, that again, a Jewish slave does not eat the carbon Pesach, well, because they're slaves, they don't they don't have the mitzvah of carbon pesach. Of course, they have to eat the carbon pesach. By the way, I'll prove it to you. They're not even owned. Meaning, like the very fact, right? A Jewish slave does he eat truma? No. Why? Because he's not really owned. He's just a worker. So then, why does he put it from the carbon pesach? He's just a worker. Like, if you want to tell me that, like, oh, if you're a slave, you're like a behema. They're not slaves. They're Jewish slaves. They're just workers. The Gemara says. Listen, we just got finished establishing by Truma. Go to the next page. A, a, a Jewish slave does not eat Truma. Why? Because he's not really owned. He's just an indentured servant. He's just, he basically, like his, you have the rights of his labor. 
So he's not actually owned by you. That's why he doesn't eat Shuma. But that's the very reason why he has to eat the Karm Pesach. It must be these words are extra. Again, you have Taisis Kasha in the second Taisis. So the Pasuk is telling you something that's incorrect just to, for a Jerusha. So by the way, some Rishonim say yes. You, you meant to like, take the words out and you know, figure this out. Taisis, or it says it must be that Taisha Besachi throughout the Torah means Jewish slaves, but by Pesach it means non-Jewish slaves. So it's not incorrect, it's misleading. It's not incorrect, it's just misleading. Okay, fine. The, vo- the point is the words Taisha Besachi by Pesach are definitely not meant to be taken the Pashup Shat. The Pashup Shat being Jewish slaves. So it must be they're extra for this drasha to tell you to connect them to Truma. So just like carbon Pesach, someone who's uncircumcised does not eat the carbon Pesach. So the by Truma, an uncircumcised person does not eat the Truma. And because they're extra, you don't have to ask kashas. You can't ask kashas. Now here's the problem. Rav Shita is that for you to not ask kashas, you need both sets of words to be extra. Meaning, you need toisha b'sachar on either side to be extra. Over here, what's extra? One set. So you can still ask kashas, according to Rav And again, the kashas could be, how do you compare Pesach to Truma? Pesach is karbonus. It has special halachas. So the Gemara says, you tell me that it's extra, and therefore you can't ask kashas. But it's only extra on one side. I mean, the words that are extra are on the Pesach side. The Truma side is not extra. So only one half of the equation is extra. And Rav Elazar Shita is, throughout Shas, Rav Elazar Shita is, throughout Shas, that if you have a Gzei and one set of words is extra, and one set is not, you could still ask kashas. Oh, so the Gemara says, so over here, what's the answer? The answer is, what's extra? On Karban Pesach, you have two words, Toshe Vesachim. So you know what we do? We take the two words, we take one by Pesach, we move the other one to Truma, and we look at it as if both sides are extra. That's what we do. Meaning it's not like one word is extra. You've got two words, so we take one, put it by Truma, keep one by Pesach, so it's like they're both extra. I, I don't know how Joshua's work, but that's how it works. The Gemara says, he take one word, leave it by Pesach. He take the other word, move it to Truma. And therefore, it's like Gzeir Shavu, where both sides are extra. Okay, fine, good. So far, so good. Let's take it a step further. How do I know that someone who's an oral, who's uncircumcised, cannot eat Truma? Because it's learned out from Pesach. We compare Truma to Pesach. So the Gemara basically to the end of the Daf is saying, well, if you're going to learn out Truma from Pesach, learn out for other things also, right? We're learning out Truma from Pesach that an uncircumcised person cannot eat Truma. That's all. So Gemara says, okay, that's fair. So learn out from other things. Ima Pesach The halacha is that someone who's in Aninus, someone who lost someone before burial, cannot eat the carbon Pesach. But they could eat Truma. So what's the deal? If you're going to learn, if you're going to compare Truma to Karm Pesach to exclude an oral, why don't you exclude an Onen? So the Gemara says, no, Onen is different. An Onen is different. The way we know that an Onen could eat Truma is from the extra word V'chol. So basically, okay, V'chol. So one second. I'll explain. The answer is basically like this. You have a drasha connecting truma to Pesach, which will exclude things. You also have the word bechal to include. So we're choosing to exclude an aral. Aral is out from truma, but an onen is in. Why not reverse it? Meaning, why are you going to allow an onen to eat truma and to not allow an aral 
Maybe you should allow an Aurel and not allow an Onan. So basically, you're going to be lenient with one. Should we be lenient with an Aurel or should we be lenient with an Onan? We're going to allow one of them to eat Truma. So the Gemara says, well, let's, let's think about it. Which is more strict? The Halacha is that an Aurel is way more strict than an Onan. So therefore, we're going, to be, we're going to be more strict with an Aurel than with an Onan. The Gemara says, well... It makes more sense to be more strict with an oral and to exclude an oral from eating truma. Why? Right? An oral, which is more strict, an oral or an oinin? Well, an oral is missing an action. He's physically missing an action in his body. Number two, the action that he's missing is in his intrinsic body. So it's not like an external issue. It's an intrinsic. We're trying to figure out. That's fine. It's fine. We're, we're, we're including, we're comparing Truma to a Pesach, to Karm Pesach. So we're saying that to disqualify an Aurel. But we're allowing an Onain from eating Truma. So the Gemara wants to know, why are we strict with an Aurel and being lenient with an Onain? Reverse it. So the Gemara says, well, an Aurel has many stringencies. What is it? It's missing an action. That action is with the body. Onosh Kares, right? If someone doesn't have a circumcision, it's Kares. The Brismila was given before Harsinai. And we find by the carbon Pesach, the Pesach says that if your slaves aren't circumcised, you can't eat the carbon Pesach either. That's five stringencies regarding circumcision. Onain, what does an Onain have? Aninus what's the stringencies of Onain? So you got five on the oral side. What's the Onain stringencies? Yeshna it's consistent. Um, meaning an Onain can happen anytime. It can happen multiple times in your life. It applies to men and women. The and there's nothing you could do about it. Right? In circumcision, you could just circumcise. If you're an onen, it's it's a reality. There's nothing you could do about it. It's the time period. So that's three. So you got oral has five, onen has three. Five beats three. Oh, so the Gemara says, uh, The answer is we're going to be more strict with an oral than an onen because an oral has five, an oral has three, an onen has three. More strict means that it can't eat truma. Meaning one person can eat truma, one person can't. We're going to allow an onin to eat truma and not an oral because an oral has five stringencies and onin only has three. Rabbah has a different answer. The answer is like this. Very simple. We're trying to, when we say we're being strict with truma, where are you getting it from? We're learning it out from carbon Pesach, Yeah. So you have a choice to learn out from Karben Pesach. You've got two paths in front of you. You can learn out from Karben Pesach that Onen is out, or you can learn out from Karben Pesach that an Oral is out. You want to know which one. You're just going to pick one. You've got to know which one. Which one is written in the Pesach regarding Karben Pesach? The only one that's actually in the Pesach is Oral. Onen, right, you want to learn out, we say it like this. You're going to learn Truma to Pesach. So just like a Pesach and Onin can eat the Karm Pesach, so to an Onin can eat the Truma. Well, how do you know that an Onin can eat Karm Pesach? It's not in the Pesach. It's a drosha learned out from Miser. So it's like, you, you want to know, like, you're going to compare Truma to Pesach for one halacha. It makes more sense you're going to go with something that's in the Pesach. In the Pesach regarding Karm Pesach, it says, Chol As opposed to Onin, which is a drosha from a drosha from a drosha, it makes more sense to go direct. Okay. One last little bit like this. We're learning out Truma to Karm Pesach, yeah? 
So we're learning it out that an oral can't eat, and that's learned out. Then we said, what about an onin? No, onin, we don't learn out. The Gemara says, one more. If you're going to learn out, Shumar carbon Pesach, Ima Pesach, Milas Charev, Avadim Akeves, Aptruma, Milas Charev, Avadim Akeves. Why don't you have the following, Drosha? Regarding the carbon Pesach, not only can someone who's uncircumcised not eat Truma, if his slaves are uncircumcised, he also, I'm sorry, not eat Pesach. Regarding the carbon Pesach, if you're uncircumcised, you can't eat the carbon Pesach. More than that, let's say you're circumcised, but your slaves are not. That's enough also to reject you from eating the carbon Pesach. We do not find that regarding Truma. You understand? With Truma, your slaves are irrelevant to you. If your slaves are not circumcised, you could eat Truma, not by Pesach. So the Gemara is like this. You're going to learn out Truma to Pesach that in oral is out, so why not take it further? Go the whole way. Learn out from Karim Pesach that just like Karim Pesach, not only is an oral out, but if any of his slaves are oral, they're also, you're also disqualified. So it's the same thing about Truma. Yeah? So the Gemara says, again, if we're learning out Truma to Pesach to exclude an oral, why don't we learn out Truma to Pesach to exclude a person whose slaves are oral? So the Gemara says, how do we know that that's allowed by Truma? The Gemara says, "Umalta oisai ozi oichal by milas charav avad the makavis by milachal be pesach by milas charav avad the makavis betruma." Because the pasuk says regarding slaves by pesach, it says boy. The implication is it's only a problem by pesach, not by truma. Basically, you want to learn out from pesach. We have a drasha to tell you it's okay. So the Gemara says, "Ah, ihachi em bechal ar lo yichal boy in oichal oichal hu betruma haksiv toisha besacher umar rois." Again, same problem. You got truma to pesach. You got a drosha to say that it's oser, and then we have a drosha to say that it's mutter. So you got two choices, yeah? Again, this is, this is important. It's, it's a little bit of a drosha, it's not that hard. You have one drosha you could learn out, truma to Pesach, to be strict, but we have a drosha to be lenient. Okay, Pesach has two stringencies. Oral is out, slaves being an oral also out. We're choosing one. Truma, you're going to have one shot. Do you want to learn out oral being out, or slaves being out? Slaves being oral being out. So... The Gemara says, well, which is more strict? Again, one person is going to be Aser, one person is going to be Mutter to eat Truma. you got two Jews in front of you. you got someone who's an Oral, and you got someone whose slaves are Aralim. One is going to be allowed, one's not going to be allowed. So we're going to be strict on one, not strict on the other. Because we've got to drush it either way. One you can learn out from Pesach to be strict. One you have Choloi Choboi, Boi Hu Enel Choloi to be lenient. So which, which one are you going to go with? Which one are you going to be more strict with? Which is more stringent? An Oral or slaves being an Oral? I think we would all. I think we would all figure out. An oral is more strict than your slaves being an oral. So the Gemara says, "Well, mistabra arelis degufa avler boishikin ma'isa begufa manish karus." Which is more strict? If you had a choice, by the way, if you had a choice, you could you not be circumcised, or you could slaves not be circumcised. I think we would all figure out. You 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 should probably circumcise yourself. Why? Because that's a iser on your body, and it's chayiv kares. There's no chayiv kares. I'm not circumcising your slaves. The only stringency that your slaves have is that the amount of uncircumcised slaves can grow. Like with you, it's only one uncircumcised person. Slaves, you, you buy a hundred, you now have a hundred isurim. That, that's the only thing they got on you. Is that uh, quantity, not quality, of iser? So the Gemara says, "Hanach nefishin, two beats one." Ve'ibay yisayim, and we'll end with this. Beloi hanach nefishin nami loy matzino amrit miya kamidi da'arelus degufa loy ma'akvebe arelus da'chrin ma'akvebe. The Gemara ends with this, and it's actually it's incredibly simple, and it's clever, and that is, you you have a choice, yeah. It's very simple. You have you have a choice in front of you. 
You can learn one thing out from Pesach to be strict, one thing out from Pesach to be lenient. Okay? You got a choice in front of you. You could either be strict with your own being uncircumcised in Aral or your slaves. Okay? You want to say, let's be strict with the slaves. What does that mean? Think about this. That means you being uncircumcised, fine. Because we're lenient. Your slaves being uncircumcised, you can't eat truma. Does that make sense to you? Is that a rational thought that a Kayan who's uncircumcised, you want to say to be lenient, but we're going to use the drasha to be strict about his slaves? So if he's uncircumcised, he could eat. But the fact that his non-Jewish slave is uncircumcised, oh, now it's a problem, that's, that's keneged seichel. That doesn't make any sense. Therefore, if you had to choose one to be strict, you're going to go with the Jew because it doesn't make sense. Because if you're going to say, oh, hey, the Jew being uncircumcised, that's fine. But his slave, his non-Jewish slave is uncircumcised, ah, he can't eat truma. That's keneged seichel. It doesn't make any sense. And therefore, we're going to go with that drasha to be machmer by an oral, but to be lenient with your slaves being uncircumcised, that you could eat truma. All right, we'll stop here. We'll pick it up tomorrow.